Welcome. I want to touch on the spirit of giving back a bit. In bonus content over 12 days, I am challenging myself to bring people forward in stories on angelically giving, 12 days of tales of love and generosity. In this series, witness the unveiling remarkable story of 12 individuals who have triumphed over adversity and despite facing their own trials, have chosen a path of faith and selfless giving. Welcome. In my promise for my 12 days of giving, um, we have with us a very special guest. This is Ruby J, BSNRN, also holds a WCC and a CPR instructor, as well as ABC, DEFG, LMNOP. My cuz is a radio personality on Launch Radio FM. She is an owner operator of Quality Integrity CPR. She is building a business on Quality Integrity Temple Health, as well as in her ministry where she dives and delves into women's uh issues and women's problems i'm i, I can't even say anymore you take <laughs> you take it over so i want you to share a bit about your background and just tell us who you are <laughs> i'm still on i'm still stuck on intro right now that was hilarious <laughs> a b c d e f g h r j yeah the whole alphabet that's how i feel about my student loans i'm still paying on all those credentials <laughs> Maybe if you show them that you know the alphabet song or send them some alphabet soup, they'll, they'll uh, write them off. And if it works for you, let them, let me know because then I'm going to do an ABCDELFG and I'm going to do it too. If I could do it, you could do it. Who am I? Oh, that's a fun question. Who am I not? It depends on the day. It depends on the environment. Um, but my core, my core is just somebody who loves to help empower people. Of course, um, my target is women because it's most relatable, but, um, you know, I just love to empower whoever. And you know what I didn't put on there or let you know is, um, my empowerment and my new, uh, my new nursing career journey that I'm in of wound care. And, um, that's another phenomenal thing. Like it's so, so just encouraging when I have nurses who are, um, geeked about the same thing I am, you know, just doing better, best practices, what we can do to be better as a whole, as a team, even if we're not in the same rooms at the same time, you know, best patient practice. So, yeah, I guess that's who I am. No, I was going to say, you got, you got a lot of who you are. <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot of personalities I hear. I see. <laughs> so why don't you share a little bit about the trials that you faced along this long journey that has gotten you to where you are now? Oh gosh, which trial? <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, it just doesn't come easy for me. I do have to work for everything I have, for everything I want. Um, it's just been and I just have to figure it out. So perseverance and endurance are huge, huge words are, are big are words that I live off of, you know, and simplicity wise, I just say you could do anything for X amount of days. And I count backwards if that makes sense. It helps me. You could do anything for five more days. You could do anything for five more months. You could do anything for four more months. So, um, but I guess it all started when I had a baby at 15. Maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's what made it kind of hard. Um, but like, there's just so much, you know, on, on everything of what I do from having a baby at 15, from growing up, moving house to house, apartment to apartment, room to room, hotel to hotel, shelter to shelter, like I, bouncing around family houses, like everything, my whole journey of from birth on has made me who I am. And I guess that's why I can put myself in many different areas and rooms and seeking opportunity to help encourage or empower somebody that, hey, this is not the end of your road. This is not it. So even while going through the struggles and the trials, even when doing all of that, I, I noticed what helps me persevere through it is helping others. And then, and it, 
takes the focus off of myself or what's going on in my personal life, you know? Right. It sounds like a lot of those challenges shaped your, uh, how you deal with or how you give back to the community. How did it make you go from bouncing around and being okay with that to now wanting that stability and being able to pay it forward now and wanting to show other people what stability looks like? What was that breaking point in shaping your perspective on your own life? What was your aha moment? I don't, I don't know if I had one actually. I think it's just, it, it just makes sense now. So like right now I'm a traveling nurse within a three hour radius. So I don't travel as you do, but I, as a wound care nurse and um, part B provider, I bill for primary and secondary dressings for residents and nursing homes and or hospice who have wounds and we build insurance. But within that, I get to educate other um, the wound care nurses or the other nurses how to do the wound care, why, to, why they're doing what they're doing, why they're using the certain products that they are. And I work with the physicians as well, because, you know, if you're in the wound care world, the physician or the nurse practitioner who's diagnosing the wound or doing all of that, their credentials are for that and debriding the wounds. That's what they're needed for. But I'm more of a, on a product specialist. So when we have a good team going, I work with the physician and say, hey, I know you wanted X, Y, and Z on the wound, but can we try this on the wound because of X, Y, and Z? And then building that trust and relationship and making it make sense, it helps them. So in all of that, I travel, I have right now almost 20 nursing homes I go to in a three-hour radius of where I live in Florida. And it just reminded me earlier um, today, I was thinking about it, like it kind of is kind of how I grew up. I never stood in one place. So I've been doing this for a year, but before that I did home health for 10 years and I never stayed in a place. I traveled to different homes every single day, several different homes. Um, Before that, um, well, in between that I waitress, but before that I did um, medical sales. So I was a marketer for oxygen, power wheelchairs, all that fun stuff. So all my jobs basically in the medical field have been moving around, not staying in one place. And there's one thing, if there's one thing that I can say that, of course, I love you for, it's just your your heart. And it's not because we're family, but because of who you are as Ruby. And there's one thing that consistently, and I think you'll know what I'm talking about. And if not, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a cue. But there's one thing that you consistently do as you're going from house to house to house. <clears throat> it makes me feel like that's where you're your intent or purpose is for you do ministry with everyone that you come in contact with. Can you tell us about that? Yes. Um, we are all walking ministers. If we, um, my personal belief is Christ, uh, Jesus, father, son, Holy spirit, three in one. I'm a Christian. And then saying I'm a Christian, my goal and desire is to be more Christ like, it's not saying that um, I know how to follow the rule book all the time, you know, or I don't fall off track or whatever. It's just when I get back up, when I fall down, when I feel hopeless, whatever it is, my goal is to get back up and look at Christ so I could be more Christ-like. So in that, I'm very intentional about um, seeking opportunity on ways that I can help others have a sense of hope, not because of Ruby, but because of the Christ in me. And I have a book club too. And doing the radio host, uh, the radio personality that I do, um, we're a book club online with Launch Radio. And so just doing that, we started in the house and empowering women and doing all of that. And one of the books we read, which we're about to start soon again, is um, The Prayer of Jabez. And it's targeted around enlarge my territory, but enlarging my territory doesn't mean for personal gain and strength. It's for God's glory and honor. So how can we be a light in everything we do? How can we be used in everything we do? You know? So you said that you started this journey some honor around about, um, 10 years ago, 
right? When, when you started and then a couple years before that, when you started the ministry, isn't it funny that in Luke, it says that Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. right, mm-hmm. he was about 30 when he started his ministry. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, living Christ like looks different for everybody in different ways. I mean, you know, we hear about stories in the Bible from beggars to alcoholics to, to prostitutes and all have the same, you know, journey, but different, you know what I mean? Uh, diff- something different is what brought them. And, and like God was open to his kingdom with everybody. And, you know, he brought us all in for a different reason. My story is not the same as yours, but you're moving around, going from place to place and taking the word with you. Maybe that foundation of moving around when you were younger kind of laid down um, a shape that allowed you to be able to now be able to move around and feel comfortable with spreading the word as you go. You're spreading little seeds. Well, first of all, I don't like you right now because you got me teary eye, and this is not supposed to be about <laughs> my heart. If I can tell you how I received that, wow, Barbara, wow! Like, thank you for being obedient to the Holy Spirit because, wow, and this is why. I love improv. If you guys listen, you know, obviously your listeners most likely haven't listened to my show, but if you ever listen to my show on launchradio.fm, we're called Lit Life. Ladies in Thought, Living in Faith Every Day. My show is not scripted at all. I was just telling Barbara, I really don't like prepping. I really don't like um, getting prepared for it. Even my producer at the radio station, he's like, Ruby, we got to have a little more. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And it's so hard. I know I need to mature in some ways. I do know that, especially being a radio personality. But my desire and my passion is to stop being fake in these streets as a Christian. Let's be more Christ-like and just live every day. Like, how do we live life like Christ daily, you know? And so I said all that to say, like, everything is improv for me because I want to show the realness. Like, this is a real situation. Barbara really has me teary-eyed <laughs> crying right now in my living room on a beautiful morning, uh, afternoon. But because it's just like, I got divorced at 30. And nowhere did I expect to talk about this right now. But I got <laughs> divorced at 30. Yeah. And before that, I helped in other people's ministries. I always help because I love helping. And it's a personal passion and it's just, it feels good to make people feel good. It does. Can you But in my thirties is yeah. when I took over and started creating my own groups and I didn't realize it's a right now. Mm-hmm. It was in my thirties where I had my college and career group. Before that I, I helped with the youth group, but it wasn't my youth group. But in my thirties after my divorce, I remember my best friend who I helped with the youth group at the time. I remember when the pastor after my divorce asked me to start ministry again, because I had taken a step back. I took a sabbatical and I didn't feel worthy. And I remember the spot and everything. And he looked at me and he said, Ruby, who were his 12 disciples? Who are you not to be one of them? Who are you to not feel worthy? They were all jacked up. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we all all came with a story. So just to realize that, wow, my journey really has started in my 30s of my own. Like I started doing my own Christmas um, um, toy drives. Like I run that. I want to run one next year. And the biggest reason I want to run a bigger one that I'm trying to get Nike involved is because I remember the first time I remember personally getting a pair of Nikes. I was probably in second or third grade. I lived in a shelter. And I think it was Mount Vernon, New York. And it was called West Help. And I remember getting a book bag full of stuff with Nikes in it, with the, the white pair of Nikes with the pink stripe. And that was an impression on me to this day that I have to, before my journey ends, I have to 
work with Nike at one of my Christmas toy drives to give away. I need a little girl or a little boy to remember and grow from what they're what they may feel is their least of themselves, you know? Yeah. It seems that even though you had lots of things that happened, lots of adversity that you faced through the years, that part of your story, that's actually the event that looks like it inspired you to start giving back. And it was so mm-hmm. long ago that you probably, we don't put it into our minds until something like this happens. Yeah. How yeah. do personal, how do you allow your personal and your professional lives to cause you to initiate or involve yourself to support X cause or B cause. Like you are in, you're in a lot of different places. Do you go by your own person or do you go with your heart's calling you? Like, how do you make that decision? Because you're involved in so much right now. Um, I kind of always have been involved in a lot, like always, even from like young schooling. I remember being in so many sports. I remember going to an, um, Oh, what's those schools called? Like um, performing arts school where yeah. I was in tap, jazz, ballet, violin. Like I've always just been, my hands have always been busy in many things. Um, it's just always been me. Like, and for me, how I balance that personally is just, um, I know when to shut down and I know when to like, um, like not pick up a phone or know how to say no for the most part, you know? Um, it's hard for a lot of people to set those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. But, you know, I look at my texts now and I think I'm like 60 texts in, seven missed calls. I can't keep up. And But the, the good part of it is that the, those who are close to me in my circle, nobody's offended. So everybody knows already. And I have a good click around me, you know, about 20 people I know I could count on. So if I did that, where most people can't find one, you know what I'm saying? So I know I have a good click where nobody takes it personal. Like we're all adults. We live in life out here. Now, if it's a 911 call, then just let me know it's a 911 call. But if you're calling to be like, hey, how's the weather today? And I'm in that moment where I just need my silence and I just need to be with me. And I just need to watch Netflix because I need to not talk to anybody. Then that's respected by those around me. Even us, me and you, Barb, like we don't take it personal. Oh no! But when we need each other, we're like, yo, I need you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) Like we, we get, then we make time. But if you don't balance that out and um, prioritize, it, it, it can burn you out. Life in general can burn you out. How do how does Ruby choose what project to deal with? Like we don't, you know. Uh, well, for me as a healthcare provider, <laughs> I don't like to put my name on things that I don't believe in. I can't put my name. Um, I can't back up a hospital who is not relying on best practices for their patients. Um, in my personal life, I can't deal. I I hate. I I I'm not gonna say hate because hate's a strong word, but I detest people who are fake. And I detest anything that is not for the best interest of everybody, just the best interest of the person. How do you, in a quick moment, because I know you're you're constantly thrown with, hey, Ruby, can you help me support this? Hey, Ruby, can you help me support that? Hey, Ruby, I'm doing this. How can you support this? How do you balance that out in your head? Who are you going to give that, um, that part of I you see. to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for me personally, discernment yep um so uh discernment comes from and this is for those who don't don't um do believe in christ and in the bible right um so for discernment in order to strengthen your discernment to um be one with your discernment or whatever word i don't know what right words put there but to allow that to understand your discernment it's spending time with God and his word and in worship. It's not because what you know, it's spending time with God and his word and worship. So I know this is kind of really off topic, but I'm going to give an example of um, Andre 3000 came out with the instrumental album, right? Recently. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I put like a song because I love instruments. I love musical jazz, stuff like that, you know? So I put it on and within a minute or two, I personally, I, my, my spirit wasn't right. Like the, I was uncomfortable and I was like, what the heck? And I shut it off and then I didn't think anything about it, but I deleted the album right there and then. Now, trust and believe I'm not always this good with it because I'd be avoiding a lot of bumps in the head and a lot of, uh, I'm still single, y'all. So I'd be avoiding a lot of stuff. <laughs> that goes to show you, like I, I still don't got a down pack on this discernment. Like the discernment, anyway. the discernment, we're just, we're, we're just on the D-I-F-C. We're, we're still haven't gotten to the rest of it yet. I'm still trying to figure out how to spell it to let alone understand it. <laughs> Is it a C before an S or the S before the C? <laughs> but um, so fast forward a couple of weeks later, you know, I'm taking a drive with my homegirls to Tennessee. And in one of our topics, we're talking and somehow his, his song, come, his album comes up. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was really weird. But I had this is what I felt. That I had to erase it. And I personally, I don't research people like that. I don't watch TV or whatever. Like if I see something on social media, that's as much as I know about people, you know? Um, so when I, when I told my homegirl who like, she knows random facts about everything in life, she was like, oh yeah, he did that album in a, I don't even know the terms, in this place where you go and you take different types of drugs, like shrooms or type of, I don't even know what classification it's called, but you know, drugs to make you feel. Yeah, I think so. I think that was the word she used. Um, don't quote me on any of this, but this is what she was like. They, he went into this place when he was creating the album and it wasn't just off of him. It was off of this high he was on. Um, so do is fact check y'all. Cause I didn't even fact check. My girl just knows random facts, so I just entrusted in her. I didn't fact check. But if it's true, now it made sense why I deleted that album. I wasn't comfortable yeah. with it. Mm. And I know that it is kind of off topic, but definitely to the um, the topic of discernment. So yesterday, I'm not sure how many, uh, you know, when this is going to be listened to by everybody is going to be different. But yesterday, like within the last week, um, Daddy Yankee uh, has mm. announced that he is leaving and retiring from his uh, reggaeton career, and he is going to go into Christian ministry. Um, he had a quote that he said in his last concert in Puerto Rico, and this is where I talk about the discernment because I posted it yesterday. Living a life of success <laughs> is not the same as living a life with purpose. And mm -hmm. Here's how discernment works. I'm doing a study, and we talked about this for Christmas. I am doing a reading every day in the book of Luke because there's 21 chapters of Luke. And, you know, basically that's the kind of from December 1st to December 24th, it kind of averages out the same. So obviously today I'm on day nine. Don't I wake up this morning and everything that, that I've talked about today has lined up with the word and discernment? Because mm. today when I wake up, the first thing that I read in my book, well, not the first thing. So in, um, it says it right there in the same thing. Like as soon as I read it, I was like, wow, that was the meaning of me having to read that. Like I read mm -hmm. that yesterday and it came back up again today. Yep. I always say like, what's your why and what you do, what's your why and anything. Why? Because if your why is not adding up, you know, on faith base, if your why is not adding up to the will of God, then should you? But in general, like for those who don't believe, right? For those who don't live on that aspect, what's your why? If you're giving somebody $5 out of the kindness of your heart, what's your why behind it? Is it because you want to be praised for you or are you doing it for that person? And, you know, I started counseling recently, right? And my counselor, I had a situation going on. And I wanted to bless somebody um, because I wanted to bless somebody because a slight fear that I feel like they were feeling too hopeless, but it was a slight fear of myself. Like I didn't want them to hurt themselves because of their hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Right. And my counselor said, 
why are you blessing them? Are you blessing them to truly bless them? Or are you blessing them because because you want to be relieved of your fear? And I was like, oh, that hit hard. I had to be honest with myself. It was because of me. Yeah. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want the, what I feared to happen. And it was, it was selfish in a, in a good way, but it was selfish. You know, it wasn't truly to bless them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, We were talking today, you and I on another, you know, outside uh, distractions. What has been your personal biggest hurdle that you've experienced while you're, while you're trying to do the work, the work that, is in your heart to do and give back time. Ooh. Time. Oh, that's yep. a big one. Um, distractions just keep coming. And part of it is me and self-discipline. And part of it, I feel is like the enemy just trying to keep me away from where I truly desire to be. Um, because my why behind where I desire to be is to still empower other people and help other people. Will I benefit off of it? Yes. So both of my businesses, Quality Integrity CPR and Temple Health, and I have another business idea, I will make money off of it. They are not nonprofits. But in that, the benefits that people get. So like the Quality and Integrity CPR, my business hasn't grown because of me and time. Because I had so many distractions in the last year. It was just silly. Like, my house got hurricane damage, my roof for my roof. And it wasn't like, right. I live on a hill. So it was like, how did you get water in your house? Well, my shingles were going up and the water was sliding down the walls. Like what? Then two months later, my fish tank, I had a 50 gallon fish tank and the water, the, where the bubbles come out, the, the suction came out and it sucked all the waters, the water out like a third of the tank. And flooded my my um, vinyl flooring and lifted that up and damaged that. And then next, I was in Mexico because my my new job had taken us to Mexico for a company trip. And my mom calls me and was like, "Your patio's leaking." And I'm like, "What?" Come to find out, when I come back, I had to get uh, mitigation done all that same day. They were here until like two in the morning. It was a pipe leaking because an animal looks like it bit into the pipe. And it was just every two months I was getting hit. And it was at the same time of working my full time. And then I was letting go of my part-time job. So I still had the home health job of 10 years part-time. And then I was finishing up my bachelor's degree. And then life was lifing. And then that, that's just the stuff I'm telling about. That's still not even the personal relationships and people by my side and things going on, you know? And it was just like, boom. I was like, I, I'm feeling suffocated. Like, man, I just don't have time. I can't make the time. I keep getting hit after hit after hit. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to the studio and continue to do this ministry. I'm going to do that. And it was just the perseverance and endurance of like trying to piss off the enemy because I'm like, the enemy's not going to have glory over my life. I'm too stubborn. I'm too stubborn. I fight too much with him. Like F you, F this, F that. You think you're going to have glory over me in my home? No, this is my house. This is where I serve the Lord, me and my family. Like, and that's, I mean, I look crazy sometimes, but it's like, I try to get gangster in my house. Like, <laughs> I my do that too. Yeah, banging up on the walls, talking about, yep. you can't have me. You no, are not no. have me. You better bounce out of here because I don't got time for you. But time that's a is- go. You're not invited. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, time you know, not you my said best time, friend. but you say time and because, you know, time is math, 24 hours of the day with everything that you do. The math isn't mathing, honey. So how do you, the math is not mathing. How can you tell somebody else where to best manage their time? If they're involved in so much, like what, how do they best manage their time? Some of the things that I've noticed, I, when I work my best, so I'm getting back into a routine now. House is finally done. School's done. I'm down to one job. So like I'm off on weekends as a nurse. Oh my God. I can't even believe it. So, so early into my career. 
Yeah. Huh? So you downsize yes, a little bit. I'm a hundred percent. I down, I took a couple of steps back to take more steps forward into my personal business and the next set of goals. But within that, for me, when I'm at my best, it's waking up early, waking up five to six in the morning, starting a workout. I remember one of my best friends who is married um, and has children and all of that to the world and social media. Cause I post a lot on social media. I look so busy all of the time, but if I post what I'm doing or whatever throughout the day, you still have to take in the fact that even all those posts are probably like 10 minutes of time out of my day. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not that I woke up and that was my whole day and this and that. So I'm big on seven hours of sleep. Like my body needs seven hours of sleep. I, um, and then when I work my best, I wake up five to six in the morning. I work out. I read my Bible I, while I have worship on while I'm cooking breakfast and all of that. And when I was disciplined, I'm not there again. I'm getting back into that routine now. But usually all that was done by 8 a.m. And by 8 a.m., then I could start my day at work when I was doing home, just home health. And so I remember telling her, girl, it's what you see, but don't get confused of what you see on social media to my life because I'm not posting the three hours that I just spent time on me, on my temple health, on my body, because my body is our temp. Our body is our temple is what the word says. So how we treat it, what we do to it, how we act with it is is a representation of God, you know? Mm -hmm. So spending that time within myself and with God, that's three hours. How many people, you know, have three hours, quote unquote, to themselves? That's why I said the math sometimes doesn't math. Well, Mm -hmm. so, but I don't usually, you know, exploit that part of me. Like I'm, it's not a secret, but normally because it's within me and doing that, people don't know that that's what I'm doing unless we've had conversation. Right. So that is huge for me there. Then you go out, do your work day or whatever. I meal prep for the, for the week. That's what works best for my life. I cook in bulk like salmon or turkey meat, a pot of rice, a pot of quinoa breakfast thing. And then I mix stuff up however I want and whatever I'm feeling for the day. And that, so I would come home and do that. And then I could just chill or relax for the next hour. So whatever it is to tone down, because then by then you're tired and then you get your seven hours, seven hours of sleep. Now the weekend is different. Yeah. That's why I do most of my ministry is on the weekend. What do you hope that your impact, even the things that you're talking about today, what do you hope for other people to get out of this? Encouragement to really, you know, you know, I did a commercial years ago. <laughs> the biggest part of the commercial. Yeah, I'm the Everest chick. The original OG, not the one the on the OG bridge, Everest but... commercial. <laughs> but it said, um, I had said on the commercial, I'm a single mom. If I could do it, you could do it too. And I just want to let people know that if I can do this, I have no superpower in me. But if I could grow up in a way that I was homeless and living the life I did and around drugs and around fighting and around all the drama of my life and getting abused in my past and all of that. And then, oh, by the way, I only had an eighth grade education at my highest education because I got (laughs) pregnant in ninth grade. Okay. So if, if all of that can happen to me, if you don't know the hope within Christ and you could just touch me, then you could see it's a sense of hope. Like, dang, she went through it and she got through it. This is how, but it took the discipline and determination and, and me not failing. So my desire and my passion is to show people, no, you can do this. You are worthy of this. You are enough. You are okay. Right where you're at. It's just the goal is to get better. I'm going to change the the pace and 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 switch it to this because I this is a story that you that you share that we shared and if it's okay to share and I know that you're an open book 
But when it comes to people who don't feel worthy, which we come from the age of not feeling good enough for dealing with imposter syndromes, being a Hispanic, living in a small community where everybody knows everybody and judges everybody. We've dealt with a lot. And there is a particular story that I would love for you to share. The Ruby back then, and then the Ruby that you and I used to sit down in 2012 and just politic and talk. When I started to really hone into my faith and really start um, regrouping my mind and asking for discernment myself where I belonged in the church and where I belonged in the house of Christ, it was based off of that story. And I'm just going to leave it to you if you want to, if you want to go ahead and bless us with that story. Girl, it was, a story, it, it was a story about abuse where you were sitting, you were sitting in front of the church. You didn't even know if you wanted to go inside. When I fought at the church? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't want to say, I didn't want to get on. I didn't, I was just trying to give a trailer version. <laughs> because, I know. Cause I was like. I don't remember sitting like she's saying. I remember like crying and like scared for my life for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Tyler Perry movie, girl. What you talk about? The back of the church with no windows, all I hear is people praising. And there was no Ike and Tina around. <laughs> no, girl, we were the Ike and Tina. It was my ex and he. we were doing a drop-off exchange of a child um, on a Sunday. In front and, of the church. And, well, it was in the back of the church where there's no windows and stuff. But because I my car was parked behind there, so that's where he parked. And XYZ happened or whatever. So they were like, oh, so somebody's here for you. When I look, it was my son's father to pick up my son or whatever. And um, I was I was getting him from him. And in the meanwhile, you know, it, that that was part A of my life. So it was very crazy for the both of us. We had been broken up a year and a half. We uh, we exchanged a couple of hits <laughs> or a hit or two. Um, I only got one good one in. And then um, cops were called. Service was um, service was stopped. I I was able to run into the church and cry to help call 911 because he was trying to kill me. Like this was in that season of life. And um, yeah, it was just a lot. So this is 20 years ago. Yeah. So like, I feel like the enemy was trying to keep me away from that church because he knew that what it would grow me into. Cause I stayed at that church for 20 years because of that. I was loyal to that pastor and to that church because they stopped service. They stayed with me. It was Mother's Day. It was really like a Tyler Perry movie. Threatening to be run over in a car. I had to run across. I was in a dress and all of this craziness going on. That's the day that I stopped smoking cigarettes. I had promised God I would never smoke cigarettes again if I could just get my son back because the cops let him take him. It was just all this craziness and chaos. That was for me to be so embarrassed and never go back to that church again. So I don't know what people are battling right now and you're staying out of the church because of X, Y, Z. Trust and believe I done fought at the church and the pastor stay with me. Like if your church is judging you, that's a them problem, not a you problem. So don't let the congregation lead you and steer you in a wrong direction if the pastor is growing you and teaching you, you know? But um, yeah, he. I feel like the enemy really tried to keep me away. But look at all the greatness that came out of that, all the growth. And then 10 years after that, what happened? I get divorced and my kids don't know this, but I used to cry myself in the closet before going to church because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed of being a divorced woman because I left, I cheated, I stepped out, I was done with the marriage. I didn't want it for X, Y, Z reasons, but now I take the fault of things. So I was walking in shame. And I would battle to go to church, but everything, I just kept going probably more at that season because my kids and I wanted them to have their relationship with Christ and show them. So that's probably a big thing that pushed me through. But, um, yeah, I've, I've done a lot. I, I try to not allow my feelings to rule me, but you know, my actions, allow my, my feelings to follow my actions. Cause I don't feel like getting up for work every day. I don't feel like dealing with the ignorant nurses 
or doctors or whatever that I'm dealing with when I am trying to just help out and do what I do for work. I don't feel like dealing with them, but I, I allow my actions to just keep going and allow the feelings to adjust and then learn how to give grace upon those that is needed, you know? You know, if giving back doesn't have to be just monetary value, you know, it's it's nothing to just be kind. It's nothing to just be humble about your experiences and, and not not bleed on that person that's standing in front of you. And so if that person is being obnoxious, mean, nasty, we can't control that, but we still have control of ourselves and our Christ-like center. And it brings me back to a, a daily reading. I do a daily reading from a book called um, In God's Presence is a Daily Devotional. And it says, you've been born into the world, but you are not of the world. God has called you to, to live in a self-controlled, upright, and godly lifestyle. This is often sometimes hard to do, yet if it were impossible, God would not have given us that task. No matter what has taken place in your life, what is currently taking place and what will take place in the future, you are always going to be an example of Christ to someone on earth. You will lead someone to salvation. You do not have it all together, but you do need to be a willing part of and a willing heart to obey God. God uses so many individuals who were not qualified. Let me say that again for louder for mm. the people in the back. <laughs> who were not qualified by the world standards, but were qualified by God's standards to win souls for his kingdom. God can use anyone at any moment at any time to make sure that his will is being done on earth. So don't disqualify yourself because God has qualified you. Mm, amen. Yes. And I feel 100%. that's, that's like, that's, that's your story. And you know, for those that are facing their own challenges if you were to give them a mantra, something to go by, aside from if I can do it, you can, that's your, that's going to stay your mantra for the rest of your life. What advice would you give them on finding the strength to give back, not to get their life together, but to be able to be humble enough that when they reach a goal, to be able to give back to other people, despite their own personal hardships? I just like what I visualize right now is just you putting one hand forward and one hand backward. So as somebody's pulling you up, you're pulling somebody else up, you know? Yep. So um, for me, I always say, if you're sitting at the same table all the time with the same people, that's not always a good thing. Like if you're the strongest person out of the weakest, does that make you the strongest person? You know? And, um, I'll give an example. I was sitting in a table years ago. I went to Philly and my homegirl was with a lawyer at the time. And that's my single mom days before becoming a nurse. I didn't have the money to eat out in the spots they were going to or whatever. I just had money to travel like a plane ticket. And everything else was usually free when I go down to Jersey or go up to Jersey. So um, we're sitting sitting in this restaurant and I'm poor single Ruby, right? Always. And <laughs> that's how I always felt, you know, just like, oh, I'm tired of being that one that everybody, oh, you want to come here? No, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, you want to come here? No, I'm good. I'm good. And people be like, no, no, but we'll pay for you. We'll pay for you and the kids. And I hated it. It was such a blessing, but I hated being that one because all I could afford were my bills. I couldn't afford the extras in life, you know, but right. praise God from the outside in, people would never know that because I was blessed so much by people just giving or paying for me the way for things, which is a huge inspiration for me to pay it forward now. But, and I, and I mean, monetarily pay it forward. Like I try to bless people monetarily as much as possible. Um, but I remember sitting at that table and it was the lawyer it was who owned his own firm. I, it was um, a plumber who owned his own business. It was uh, just owners of different businesses back then. And I remember sitting at that table and everybody was married and everybody had second houses and vacation homes and all this. And I remember sitting at that table like, this is going to be me one day. I'm going to sit at this table. And not meeting with those same people 
or that physical same table, but I'm going to sit at this table one day. Why? So that I can be then the encouragement onto somebody else. So now I'm at a level, I'm in an in-between. I'm still not at that complete table like them on their second homes and all of that, but I'm leveling up, you know? And this is me by myself. When God, when God says that mighty strong man to deal with my personality and my ways with me, you know, that that's another level up, but just me by myself, like I'm getting there, you know, but I already have people like Ruby, how do you do it? How do you get what you have? How do you do? And then I get to show them, but it's only because I sat at somebody else's table. It's only because I seen somebody else do it. So I'm an observer, you know, just looking around, look at the fruits of the people around you. And it doesn't even have to be on a, like, if, if you don't want to take it spiritual, what do they have to represent? What do the people around you have to represent? What do they have to show for what they're doing? So I always just look around and I pick up what I want to keep. And even some things I look at like, mm, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to fix my house up to be showy. I want to fix my house up to be comfortable because when I walk in my home, my home is my first church. This is a place, place of peace you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm a why person, but I always have been yet again, since a little girl. What, now we're going to talk about your future plans. What are your future plans or, or, and just continuing in growing yourself, growing <laughs> your businesses and growing other people? It's hard because anything I learn, I try to teach. I think that's why I'm so big on social media too, is because if I learn something funny, I mean, not something funny. If I learn something good on there, I want to repost it. Like people will, even today I was doing it. People were sending me things. Somebody sent me something on tires for me to know. And I was like, man, I want other people around me to know this about tires too. You know? So I posted it. I'm, I'm intentional about everything as much as possible. Yeah. You know, because if I know this, good thing. Let me pass it on. Like I'm learning about high yield savings and, um, Roths and all of that and how to invest money and where to put this money. So many of us who are used to living a certain lifestyle, poor, poor man mentality or whatever, don't, you know, we got a couple of dollars in the bank. If you got a couple of thousand in the bank, kudos, but sorry, it's not really doing anything for you besides keeping you comfortable at night. You know what I'm saying? The the math isn't mathing. (laughs) So go ahead and put it in a high yield savings account. Go find another way to invest it. You know, like just learning about that and having certain people around you that help empower that. So anything I learn, I want to then pass on and or teach. Hence why I love the CPR because so many times um, we're taught wrong or not correctly or in a half like situation, you know? Um, so I, in the teaching I do, I teach it the way, the best that I know how and the way it should be, you know, yeah. for best practice. Um, my temple health is my, um, my biggest thing. My, one of my biggest journeys ahead um, for me, from what I could see, cause my vision is still a little blurry, um, for what I could see, I'm most, I, I think I'm going to need financially more money to, to be on the vision I want, but I could picture like it most definitely has to do with stretching because I believe truly in stretching, not yoga, but stretching. Um, I believe in taking that time out to just what our muscles can do and what, you know, just stretching it out and, and, and having that quiet time. And if you add worship into it, how amazing and intimate and beautiful it can be with just the breath of air that you're breathing in. And then if you align that with your faith base of God and his fresh breath of air, it's a very beautiful, intimate moment that rejuvenates your body physically and your soul internally. Um, so temple help. And then, you know, being Puerto Rican, like I get picked on all the time, all the time, because I don't use adobo and sasong and all of that. Like, it's just, I don't use it. Like I have it there for when my family comes over or the once in a blue moon. For that I eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But other than that, I'm like on a fresh vegetable thing. My new journey is I just bought this this thing from Amazon. Like um, it's a garden, like a three tier garden because I juice. And I used to take Zyrtec every single day, but now I juice. And in my juicing, I put um, turmeric, ginger, pineapple, oranges, lime, um, and green apple and and carrots. And now I don't have to take Zyrtec every day. That's my medicine. So does it cost more, quote unquote? Yes, it does. But it's better for our body. It's better for our temples. So my goal is getting into gardening and growing whatever I juice. I sell my juices as well. I sell them to friends right now, friends and family. Um, my stepdad and my mom drink it every single day. They do three ounces each. And my stepdad has COPD. He used to have a horrible cough and it helps his cough out where he doesn't cough like he used to, my mom says, and keeps him up all night. So um, promoting more of the Mediterranean type style foods just the Daniel fast type style foods. You know, the, there's a story in the Bible about the Daniel fast and allowing us to see the grains and the, and the vegetables and the fruits of the earth. Like there's so much we could do with that, that we don't even need flavorings. Cause if you mix these vegetables up together in certain ways, it has its own, it creates its own flavor. Yeah. So just really growing in that. So I would have to get my, nutritionist license because this is just a personal passion I have. So I could only encourage people on what I do for me and what I know for me works and what I personally like, but to give it to you on a science level, I do want to get my nutritionist license so that I could come with a little more respectable, you know, add another dang credential to my name there. A, B, C, D, E, F, R, D, A. Uh, add an RDA to the already. Yeah, that's, that's you're gonna have. You're, by the time that you finish, you're gonna be like R squared and D squared. You're gonna have to start squaring with all these damn initials behind your name. But I think that the Bible, I think it says this. Don't quote me on it. And I, I'm not to that level to tell you where, but the Bible says, study to show thyself approved. Amen. So, yes. I'm just studying. <laughs> This dude, look, yeah. I, I have to. The I'll probably teacher will never be more than the student. I think it's I'm basically gonna... saying the higher you are doesn't mean that you're better than the one that you're teaching or whatever. You know, right? You know, I, I, but I think that the one important thing is is that we've gone into a um, managed healthcare has gone into such an area of coding a patient and not individualizing mm. a patient. Mm. Mm. And Don't get me there. I, it's a huge, it's my biggest soapbox. And I, I, it's because it bothers me. I, you know, 10 people go into an emergency room. You got a, 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 a Puerto Rican, an Ecuadorian, a Hispanic, an African-American, a Caucasian. What do they all get treated with? The same drug. And to me, that doesn't work. That doesn't make any, I, it, it help it make sense that this same medication is going to work when we have evidence-based proof that not, Every medication works for every individual. In my world, in the um, um, to manage hypertensive crisis, there's been multiple studies that have shown that labetalol, which is a common first line medication that we use for a preeclampsia, does not work on African American women. That the first line of defense for African American women, which should be hydralazine or procardia, which are second and third oh. line defenses. Wow! But it was. These first line defense therapies that, you know, are now evidence based that, that, you know, don't not that they don't work, but they don't work as well for X population as they do for Y population. Yeah, I, I have, a, I respect science. I, I respect medicine and I respect the medical field, but I have my own personal take and I really try to go as holistic as possible. So exactly. I really hate the fact that they pain manage everything when it's like, why don't they pay for a physical therapist to stretch you for eczema? I could promise from having sciatica pain and the pain that I do have, I'm certain I have herniated disc. I'm certain I have other things going on. And the reason why I don't go to a doctor for it to get diagnosed is for what? Because they're just going to offer me medicine and or worsen surgery in this season of life where I'm at with my pain. 
But what I notice is when right now I'm in a weight gain, but when I notice when I, when I lose the weight, because I've been here before, unfortunately, when I lost the weight and I stretch three to four times a week, like stretching for a half an hour or so, I have a routine. Um, I put it actually a video on YouTube. I've never really shared like that, but, um, I know my pain was eliminated. It wasn't a hundred percent always gone, but I, I a hundred percent can represent myself and say, I know I didn't wake up with the pain that I wake up. I go and I get reflexology massages and deep tissue massages very often because I believe in massaging the tissue, massaging the, the, the muscles away from the spine and the nerves and relaxing those muscles so they're not wrapped around the nerves. Like, if, you know, for us who understand the science of it, it's a beautiful thing. But I can't tell you how many times I went to a patient's home and they were like, oh, my God, but my pain hurts right here. And then I would say, respectfully, can I touch you? And they say, yeah. Okay, so it hurts right here, right here, and then down to here. And I could point to every area and then rub it out. And they're like, how did you do that? How do you know? Because I have the same pain or I've had the same pain. But when I stretch like this, when I release those muscles that are tightened around nerves and the blood flow and the lack of oxygen and nutrients and all of that, not going to it, it's one beautiful puzzle piece we are, one beautiful piece of science we are, one beautiful piece of uh, anatomy God has made us into, you know, that when we understand it more, when we respect it more, when we target on our temple, we can, we can um, treat it so much better holistically. And then, and when, if medicine is needed in those seasons, I'm cool with it because I respect medicine, but it's not my first way out for sure. Right. And I think that in this next season with that, with what you said is super important because in this next season, I do see um, you growing in that and being able to offer yet another service, you know, um, the education part of it, which is free again, Mm -hmm. in order to give back, you're just proving over and over in all of your seasons that you didn't need a huge bank account and a huge envelope mm. to give. Charity yeah. is not yeah. o- charity is not only about the dollars that we give. It's also the time and attention and respect that we give back. And and that's that's the purpose of my twelve days. Yes, there's going to be stories of people who give money wise, but there's also stories of people like yourself and many others that don't need money in order to just pay it forward. Love first. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. Love first mm-hmm. and, and showing love to each other. Above all love. Yep. Ab- above all love. And and like I said, I think it's just proof. You know, this whole 12 series is, is definite proof. And with that being said, we are an hour in. And I'm wow. to, I know. <laughs> and you see how this works? I'm going to leave us with that verse. The verse of the day is, and I wanted to hit on it at the end, but we kind of like, pre-gamed a little before is first Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three main faith, hope, and love, but of the greatest, these love my cousin, my beautiful, beautiful cousin from the bottom of my heart and how proud I am of all that you do for yourself and your temple and all that you do for your, your secondary church, which is your community and your environment and all the women that you touch your, um, in your live, I, I, I want you to be able to share if anybody wants to uh, get a hold of you, share that now so that people can get a hold of you if they have a problem and you can prioritize. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you could tune into our show every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. now, Eastern Standard Time. Um, launch Radio, L A U N C H Radio, R A D I O dot FM or dot net. Um, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. we're on. Um, and if you have any questions or just want to dig in more or um, have any opportunities or anything, just hit me up on there. There's a spot um, to, to message us and ask any questions and they'll get it over to me. I would give more information, but I'm just going to be real on who I am. I think if you've listened to the whole show, I said it earlier, like I'm not the greatest with getting back to people. So because of time, with everything I'm personally doing, I just try to manage it well. So I know where my strengths are at. I know where my weaknesses are at. 
So if you would like to get through to me, um, you could go through Launch Radio for that on the website and message anything. And um, yeah, we'll politic from there. That's fantastic. I thank you for joining me. Thank I, you. It was an honor. I, thank you for like speaking into me because I didn't even realize what you said early in the beginning of the show, how you made me cry. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I, I don't know what made me go to it. I love improv also. I don't know what you said that just triggered me to go in my Bible and actually look up how was Jesus when he started his ministry going from um, from place to place. And it was in Luke that I actually it came right at me and it, and it said he started his ministry when he was 30. And I just thought back, like had to have been, she had to have been at least 30, 35. Let me, let me throw this in there and see, and, mm. and look at how it worked out. Yeah, that was good. I needed that. Thank you so much. No. And thank you. And thank you for coming on. Thank you everybody for joining and more to come. Thank you for joining. How special is that? Just coffee on a morning, beautiful morning with my cousin Ruby and all of her endeavors, past, present, and future, how she is shaping her ministry and shaping her life, uh, her Christ-like life. Wow, that's beautiful. I thank you for joining and much more to come in my realization that my 12 days of giving has turned into 12 earth angels, 12 new age disciples on earth. And I'm just so blessed to have this journey. Thank you all for sharing more to come.